we were on like a, a I'll say like a week long road trip with Toronto. You know, I packed up two big old bags because I kind of had a feeling I was gonna get traded uh, to two other players I was traded with, uh, JV and um, CJ Miles. They had no clue they were going to be traded. So, you know, it was kind of a shock. But uh, for me, I kind of knew it's time to show out and uh, show what I can do. From Uninterrupted, this is Dialed In. I'm Sky Dickinson from the Athlete Relations team at Uninterrupted, a place where we are always having insightful conversations with athletes from all over the world. On this show, you're also plugged in because every episode features a different athlete calling in to share their story about what's happening in sports and society. All right, let's get dialed in. And racing down the baseline, there he is again, right. Fantastic on the offensive blast tonight. He's got 10 rebounds in the game, and he's got a double-double. He splashes in a corner three. On the line for this episode is Dallas Mavericks point guard, DeLon Wright. DeLon is joined by Detroit Pistons assistant coach, J.D. Dubois, and team psychotherapist, Dr. Corey Yeager. J.D. and Corey have made it their mission to normalize mental wellness conversations in the NBA and give players like DeLon a place to share their stories. The guys discuss the psychological aspects of recovering from injury and the correct approach to take when a player gets traded. Listen in. How you guys doing? What's going on? Doc Yeager and DeLon. What's up, fellas? How you doing, JD? What's up, DeLon? What's up? What's up? Thank you guys for having me. You good today? I'm good. I'm all good. I hope you guys are well. I'm well. Another day. Trying to stay with it. Trying to stay with it. That's right. Just to start us off, DeLon, what was it like being drafted in 2015? uh, First time living out of the country. What was that rookie kind of experience like for you? You know, it was a very great experience. I was kind of surprised that I got drafted to the Raptors. I was kind of thinking I was going to get drafted uh, further down the draft, like uh, mm. around like late 20s. So when they picked me, um, you know, I was really excited. Just hearing the great things about Toronto. Um, I know about the, the fan base they already had. Obviously, Drake was a big influence on the Raptors, too. So I was, I was very excited that I was going to meet him. You know, I learned a lot my rookie year. And, you know, I've been able to carry some of the things I've learned you know, further in my career. Speak to that kind of mental toll. And then Doc Yeager, I'd love to hear your thoughts. The mental toll or that rookie wall, uh, what were your experiences like as a rookie? And, and what what helped you kind of get through those moments where psychologically you feeling drained? It's a lot more travel, a lot more games. You want to play. You may not be getting as many minutes as you thought. Love to hear your thoughts on on that. Yeah, it was tough because uh, we know that when I got drafted, they end up trading the backup point guard, Grievous. So I'm thinking I was going to be the backup you know, on draft day. And then once I get there, they, uh, they signed Corey Joseph. Mm. You know, he was a backup. So I, I, and they just paid him. So I knew I was going to have to, you know, learn and uh, kind of play in the background. So it, it, was, re- it was really tough because I, I thought I should be playing. But I was able to learn a lot from him, Corey Joseph and uh, Kyle Lowry. And, you know, it helped me today. Hey, so Delon, I like that. As you, as you look back... You go in with one mindset like, okay, so I think I'm going to get some run as the backup. Um, And then you get there and the reality of, okay, oh, that ain't how it is. I think Mm. that's one thing that I've seen with young players in the NBA is that thought of, right? Because you got to think about it. Everybody comes in, probably was the man wherever they was until you get to the NBA, you on the squad you was on, you was the man. And thinking, I'm first round, I'm going to play right away. 
And and not only that though, right, Delon? Everybody telling you that. Hey, you finna Everybody. play, man. You finna go to Toronto and get loose, right? You gonna get your minutes, right? They gonna really get to see who you are. Then you get there, you're like, Corey Joseph. What? Also, oh, I'm all of a sudden I already. I'm third on the list. I'm sitting down here and getting the run. I thought. So how do you how you deal with that? Because I've had a lot of players say things like, "Well, I know I'm giving everything and I'm busting everybody's ass, but I ain't getting no run." And I'm used to it. How you deal with that as a young player? Just have to put in the extra work. On game days, I would do my extra conditioning and stuff like that. Uh, they sent me down to the G League. It was a D League at the, at the time. I played about 15 games total. I, I try to stay sharp and, um, you know, just just learn from those guys as much as possible. Think of the longer, the bigger picture, um, knowing that I was going to play further down the road. Yeah. So I just try to, you know, learn some things. <laughs> Was there any advantage of having an older brother that had been in the NBA? And uh, Doc Yeager, we talk a lot about the importance of your wise counsel. So the people closest to you and the messages they're feeding you. Was there any advantage of having a brother who would tell you, hey, wait your turn. Your time is going to come. Keep preparing. Yeah. Heck yeah. You know, my brother was telling me that at least once a week, you know, guys get injured. Unfortunately, uh, trades happen. Little things like that happen. So your time is going to come. And and he was always saying, like, they drafted you 20th overall. They're not going to just have you sit on the bench for, for forever. So he was just saying, like, stay sharp, work on your body, do the little things. And then uh, when your time comes, you know, take off running with it. That security yeah. kind of gave you a little more comfort knowing that yeah. the opportunity is still, yeah. Yeah, so I, right when I got back, uh, I would say the second game back, I had probably one of my best games. It was probably, like, the first time, like, I actually got to play and. That's when the fan base really got to see who I was because they had heard so much, but they never got, really got to see me play. Now, you mentioned earlier, D-Wright, about time is going to come. Keep preparing. Keep working on your body. So you do that for a whole season. You get the summer league the next year, playing well for a couple games, then you hurt your shoulder. Yeah. And as you were rehabbing, I look back, and for me, kind of the start of my coaching career. So you bringing me in, and there was something that that I used as a player in terms of visualization that you were kind of the first professional player that I got a chance to to introduce that to. When I first kind of talked to you about it, what were your thoughts? Uh, I just love I just love to hear what you felt the first time I kind of had you visualizing as you were rehabbing through your injury. Yeah, I wasn't really too fond about it. You know, I know I know you do your research on things, so I know it wasn't no BS that you were trying to show me. But uh, it was just something that I wasn't used to, so I wasn't. You know, really trying to do it. But um, after a while, you know, I started to do a little bit of uh, visualizing what you said helps. Visualizing, uh, you know, myself on the court and playing and, and those key moments. So, you know, that's something I always did, but it was never like a specific. Like a structure to it. Yeah, exactly. Sit down. Yeah. That was a little different, but, um, you know, it, it helped me. Doc, what's your what just from a research standpoint, what's your feel on the, the visualization aspect? And then specifically with your work, Doc, with players that are injured and working with them on their way back onto the floor. Yeah, one of the things that the research tells us about rehab with high level athletes is that there should or, or the most quickly that they'll respond or get back 
is if there's a three-pronged approach. Visualization is one of them, and I think that's probably the cornerstone. Seeing yourself back on the court, seeing yourself back in the starting lineup, seeing yourself pushing off of that ankle and having no pain. You have to visualize and see that. That's a cornerstone that you all have talked about. There are two other aspects that go along with that, which bolster or strengthen the ability for the athlete to return quickly. And that's having some type of therapeutic support, a space that I can talk about my injury and my comeback. And that don't mean I gotta be a therapist. Don't get it twisted. I'm a therapist. I think it's important to have somebody that's supportive, but your friend can do the same piece. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody that will really talk to you and stay with you, could be a player development coach, but as long as you have somebody that you can talk through your process with on top of that visualization. The final piece that, that we know from the research is most important to the return is goal setting. So not only visualizing and then talking to somebody about it, but setting goals that, okay, in two weeks, I want to be able to do this that I couldn't do right now. A month from now, I want to be able to do this. And many times we want to do is set timelines that are um, connected to the timeline that, that the medical staff will give you. But many athletes end up saying, I, it won't take me that long. I'm not, mm. I, I hear you say 12 weeks. But I'm three weeks into this. I, I can tell it's not going to take me nine more weeks. That can be part of the visualization, therapeutic support, and goal setting process can bring. That's what the research yet says. It brings athletes back to the floor more quickly. Woj tweeting out that the Raptors send Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for Mark Gasol, League Sources Tell, ESPN. Wow. Doc, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you support players that come mm -hmm. um, during the middle of the season. Then DeLon, obviously, being a player that was traded, what was that adjustment like when you went to that new team in the middle of the season? Yeah, so I would just say the one thing that I've talked a lot about with with players, uh, kind of the trade deadline, new players. One thing that that no one, and I've heard a lot of players say, hey, Doc, never, no one put it that way, but I, I really enjoy thinking about it that, is that at the trade deadline, people are moving around or new players coming in and players leaving. This is a version of grief and loss. So if I've been in one city for six years, and then at the deadline, I'm moving, and now I'm in a new city, my whole life was set up in that city. My family was there. My mom that moved there. I know the city. I know the training room well. I know the facilities. I know Got my, my restaurants rest I eat at. Restaurants yep. that I go yep. to. They People know me and I love going there. And now that I'm uprooted and I moved to a new city, there is a grieving process that goes along with that. Um, and recognizing that and seeing it and discussing it as such is a different is a different space for many players but many players say yeah that makes sense cuz the losing the friends that i had there and even though i know i'm going to stay connected i'm not there anymore so it's a different rhythm so discussing it in the terms of grief and loss has given some players handles on how to work with that um that's the beginning of awareness and then we kind of walk that journey together um so those are some things that i've i've used or conversations that i've used uh, with players we were on like a, uh, I'll say like a week long road trip with Toronto. So going into that road trip, I knew that the deadline was going to be kind of somewhat in between. So, you know, I packed up two big old bags, uh, you know, with stuff that I may need for the rest of the year because I kind of had a feeling I was going to get traded. Uh, you know, I was talking to my agent about it and, you know, with the team. So uh, going into that, I kind of knew my mindset was, you know, a little different. Um, 
to two other players I was traded with, uh, JV and um, CJ, CJ Miles, they had no clue they were going to be traded. So for them, you know, it was kind of a shock. But uh, for me, I kind of knew what was going on. I knew I was going to be going to a situation where I'll be playing a lot more minutes, probably not on a playoff team. So my mindset was already uh, wherever I go, it's time to show out and uh, show what I can do. And um, when I got to Memphis, you know, I was able to put together some good games and, um, you know, earn a contract. You know, it is a sign that they want you also if you are being traded. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't all, always mean that the team that traded you didn't want you. Um, you know, financial reasons, they might have had to, you know, your contract might have lined up. And, um, you know, they might have to do a, you know, it's a business decision. So mm-hmm. it's not always, a, um, you know, a negative on being traded. And, and the one piece from a coaching side that I'm lucky that I've been able to see is how Coach Casey handles players that we get in a trade in terms of making sure that we first day, you're not just learning all of our plays. You're, we're actually getting to know, OK, who is this person? What's his backstory? How does he learn? What do we? Mm-hmm. So it allows a player to feel comfortable. And I look at a young player like Svi, who we got rookie year traded. And his development over the course of this last year and a half, I think, stems from when he was traded to us. Coach Casey made it a priority that not only him, but the other players that we got. Hey, let's get to know who these players are. How do they learn? Let's make sure that they're uh, that they understand that they are part of our family. And like you saying, Delon, to be traded means that a team wants you. And and a lot of times that starts from that head coach making sure that the new players feel like, hey, we wanted you here. We're happy you're here. And then their development and their success is usually a byproduct of that leadership. Are there any kind of final thoughts in terms of uh, what you guys are up to and and things that maybe you're looking forward to when it comes to um, continuing this this conversation? For me, it's been kind of a, uh, you know, it's been a reset. Uh, You know, going through the season, you have a million things going on. Um, Now that the season's kind of been stopped, you kind of, have time to refocus and, uh, you know, realize what, what things are important. And, um, you know, I was, it made me realize how much I miss basketball and traveling and being around a team and, you know, doing all the little things that I kind of took for granted. Um, so, you know, once the season gets back, is you know, it's going to be back to, you know, normal life. And, and the same, lastly, for me is, is just getting a chance to revisit my covenant who are you outside of the game? So basketball is shut down. Work is shut down. Is that all that you are is, is a coach or is there a bigger uh, purpose for you in life other than winning games and getting players better and making sure that I'm, I'm making um, actually acting on that, whether it be the podcast or webinar or whatever the case may be, trying to make sure that the impact is bigger than winning a game or two or getting a player another contract. Is that important? Yes, that's first on the list in terms of priority. But also 1A and 1B is, okay, what are you doing with the the platform or the position that we have in in our society? All right, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. Good convo. Yes, sir. Let's do it again. We got to do it again sometime. Yeah, why not? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Once a week. All right, Delon, be good, dog. You too, man. Nice talking to y'all. Thanks for listening to Dialed In. If you want more of JD and Dr. Yeager, subscribe to their podcast, The Right Conversation, wherever you get your shows. Also, make sure to subscribe to the uninterrupted We Run This Station feed. 
Hit us up on social media at Uninterrupted and tell us which athletes you would like to hear dialed in. Talk soon. Thank you.